Welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show with your host, Steve Gamlin. As an award-winning speaker and author, Steve's greatest passion is blending inspiration and humor to create relatable, actionable, and repeatable messages. We hope you enjoy this recording. Hello, my friend, Steve Gamlin here with the latest Motivational Firewood Radio Show. Several months ago, before a concert at Tupelo Music Hall in Londonderry, New Hampshire, I met a couple of gentlemen, Ryan Ordway and Franz Hazi, who were part of a pretty incredible project. What started off as me telling my fiance, I'll be back in a minute, I just want to talk to these guys, turned into about a 20-minute conversation, which ultimately led to this radio show. So I hit the road and went up to their recording studio in Guilford, New Hampshire. They are part of a big project called A Day in This Life, and part of that is called Music for a Purpose. So we'll kick off the show with the guys introducing themselves. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, I was in the middle 60s uh, in the Marine Corps and Recon in Vietnam, and uh, of course that was another lifetime ago. Uh, my passion is, is with the veterans, and, and uh and our, our music for a purpose, uh, which um, I'm sure we'll get into what that is about. Uh, we, we have uh, several interests. Ryan has alopecia, his daughter has alopecia. We have diabetes. The fellow we're working with now has diabetes. But, you know, having been there, done that, I realize what it's like to come back from a combat situation. And uh, I also know the healing power of music. I've managed to deal with my struggles the past 45 years, mainly through music. It truly does. It heals, it soothes, it can change your life. Uh, my goal is, through Music for a Purpose, work with one of the veterans programs, and, and we've reached out to several of the wounded warriors. I've talked to the people at the VA hospital in mm-hmm. Manchester. But our goal simply is to, you know, my personal goal is just to work with the veterans uh, and, and, uh, and help them nice. any way I can. And Ryan, what's your background as a singer, songwriter, musician, and, I mean, just this amazing rustic yet very cool vibey warm recording studio i played sports all my life until i was around 15 and then i decided to pick up a guitar and start playing my mother showed me a few chords and uh ever since then i've had the the itch played music right up until uh through high school had a high school band and then moved out to la at 19 i realized really you know when i went out to la what it really meant to be like focused on music Mm -hmm. you know before i remember you know, thinking you're like really, you're really into it. And then 19, you know, I went out to, out to L.A. and met a kid named Todd Aladar and, uh, you know, got really focused on music. So, so played music all through my 20s and, you know, the whole vision of starting a studio came about because I, would, I kept going into recording studios and wasn't quite getting what I was trying to get out of my head on tape. Mm-hmm. And so it, it started just like, you know, anybody with a microphone in their house and, you know, got myself a little home recording studio and a, and, a, and a early on Mac Tower, then realized all the limitations to recording in a, your, your bedroom or, you know, basement. And so this has kind of become a, an evolution of that, mm-hmm. you know. So, but uh, I've toured around the country playing in various bands and had some minor things happen, like, you know, my songs on a few TV shows like The Office and a handful of uh, licensing deals, which, which uh, came through, which is really probably is, is exciting. Which is a result that so many people that might be sitting in their bedroom or their basement with their guitar, you know, hey, someday I will. And unfortunately, so many people, they don't take the chance. They don't go to L.A. when they're 19. Right. Or they don't right. build a recording studio like you guys have done here. They stay in the basement and 
their songs, and I, I happen to think of this driving up here today, you know, it's not just L.A. or New York or Chicago or, or Vegas or wherever the entertainment industry is really big. Because there's somebody sitting in the basement right now who's already written Stairway to Heaven. Right. Something that's just as good as everything out there, but it's you guys who built the studio, you who went all the way to L.A., you who took a risk and were daring enough to publish your music so that somebody from the affiliated with The Office said, right. hey, this is pretty cool, man. We'll put this on our show and yeah. we'll give this kid from New England a voice yeah, so people right. can hear your stuff. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's very small. It's like if you... If you, if you um sneeze you'll miss it it happens it's like all of a sudden there it seems like they keep putting my song uh one of my songs place to run it keeps getting like these bar scene backgrounds it's like they keep putting it on whenever it's like they're out having dinner or having yep. drinks or whatever but and, yeah they're usually like little segments and it's and it's cool it's like all of a sudden they're sitting uh one uh eureka they're like the show you it's a sci-fi channel um yep. and um yeah they're in they're just having some drinks and uh all of a sudden you hear it in the background it's like a jukebox kind of thing Nice. But uh, it's really cool. It's promising. And little moments like that is what keep artists going, like myself. Like, you know, one day you'd be like, oh, is anyone hearing my music? And then all of a sudden you get a licensing thing, thing like that. And you're like, okay. Yeah. All right, I can do this. It's just all those steps of encouragement, you know. Right. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and probably the, most, the, ult- the ultimate thing that's happened to me is, is um, musically was getting selected to go down to Nashville. And I spent six days down at Blackbird Studios uh, thanks to... Um, John McBride and his wife own the studios, Blackbird Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank them and uh, Mark Rubel. And, but yeah, I get to go down there and spend six days recording with uh, producer Ken Scott. He was an engineer on the White Album and worked with the Beatles. We came up through uh, Abbey Road Studios and his, his credits are just incredible. Nice. And he's a great guy. So that was like, that's the peak for me in terms of uh, so far to date, you know, one, yep. of, one of the highlights. And that's one of the qualities that attracts me to work with certain people, what you just said. And he's a great guy. Right. That is at the top of my list for people that I work yeah. with because – and I had a conversation with somebody last week. Uh, they were saying, well, I have this client who's really good and they make a lot of money, but they treat me like garbage yeah. and they're jerks and they're rude and they're belittling and they're bullies and they're yeah. – and my first words were, goodbye, you're fired Right. Yeah. to a client yeah. like that. Yeah. So, Franz, we were talking early on before we started the recording. What's uh, what's your background with music? You've got a, a pretty musical family and past. I was really I was really interested. Well, uh, I I grew up in the fifties and sixties, which I think has been the, the the pinnacle of music. I mean, yeah. I, there's a lot of people out there are going to disagree with that. But, I don't. <laughs> but my dad was a musician, uh, and actually, my mother was an artist. But I, like Ryan, played sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was committed to sports. And my dad was the type of individual that never pushed me either way. He loved sports and hunting too, and he, he also loved music. And, and I, because of the style of music he played, I went the sports route. He played old country and he played uh, early jazz. Uh, mm-hmm. Him and his sisters in the 30s actually had a little bit of success. Uh, they had a little 15-minute live radio show in Worcester where they used to drive from Norfolk, where I was raised, to Worcester and play their 15 minutes of fame and, and drive home. So I grew up with the music, and, and, and I always loved it. But what changed my life was when I went to BU to play hockey in the middle 60s. I met a girl from uh, Sharon, Connecticut, who was a, a writer. And we started dating, and one night she said she was going to take me to a coffee house. And I said, well, that's good. What's a coffee house? I said, if we were going to a bar, I would have been right with it. And she told me, well, we're just going to go hear some people play music and and, and drink some coffee and crumpets. And so we went to the Club 47 in Cambridge. And this was been in 1963. So it was the hub of the folk revival going on in Boston and New York. And, and I heard a, a New Hampshire boy play. I heard Tom Rush play. And it 
literally changed my life. Uh, I, I told her, I said, you know, I'm going to learn to play like that. Yeah. So I quit the hockey team, went home, got my dad's 37 Vega, which I still own, and, and taught myself to play and, uh, and was really wrapped up in the folk scene through this middle to late 60s. Uh, and music stayed with me, you know, even in my time in Vietnam, I had a guitar, you know what I mean? It stayed with me. We, uh, I went over by ship and we played. So uh, it was a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, my little pinnacle was uh, I got to open for Tom Rush uh, in Wolfboro last summer. What a full circle yeah, that is. That's, you wow. talk about a full circle. That yeah. was a full, full circle. <laughs> yeah, it really was, so. But again, you know, and, and, and back to your, your point about the guys and gals in their, in their little basement recording, you mm -hmm. know, uh, why my music never gets out there. You just got to believe. You, yeah. you have to believe. No matter how hard the road is, you got to believe enough in your music and, and, and put it out there. Yep. And, uh, and I think that the difference between the people that make it and not is that little bit of unbelief in themselves that, it, you, know, you know, people say, how can it be me or why me? And I say, well, why not you? You know, yeah. just you got to believe, and Ryan and I both are committed to that, and that's why it's been a good relationship between Ryan and I. I mean, we're from two different generations, sure, but the underlying belief in what we do is there, and that's what we go for. Yeah, common thread. Yep. That's right. Common I remember thread. talking with you both that night. I mean, I'm I'm probably I'm closer to Ryan's age. Yep. I'm, I'll be 48 yep. uh, in yep. 2016, yep. but the three of us sat around talking, and we're talking about music and influences and what you're doing. And when you said, "Well, hey, we have this project going on." That we're we're helping people out. We have we have uh, you know we're filming right now, and that was actually part of the reason you were at the Tupelo. Right, was right. one of the artists you're working with, Ryan Hummel, who mm -hmm. I yeah. absolutely love. He's a good friend, and <laughs> he's a great guy. Great and he guy. was so appreciative uh, of of just the kind words. And he was Edwin McCain's opening act that yep. night. And I've seen him twice there, yep. both as part of opening acts, opening for Edwin McCain. Mm -hmm. And some people come out and they say, well, you know, I'm just the opening act, so if you can put up with me, yeah. you'll get to hear the guy you want. <laughs> he just came out and rocked it rocked from the it. first song. And just yeah. kind of playing, I mean, not really unplugged, but just him him and his guitar. Yeah, yeah. he's doing this electric. And Yeah, yeah he's doing his electric. Yeah. And it was yeah. so, Which is it cool. was just yeah. awesome. Ryan's a great guy. I met him, I've been friends with him now for, geez, pushing almost 10 years yeah. now. Yeah. And just, he's. I met him when, I mean, he's, he's a bit younger than me, but I met him when he was younger and he's just always had that fire. Yeah, he's yeah. Just a tenacious, just yeah, and just real focused. And it's just amazing to be around people like that. And I, I say this all the time. It's it's almost like if you walk into a room somewhere, maybe it's a networking event, or maybe for you guys a music conference, and it's it's all lit up, and there's a lot of noise, and you look around and you just see these people who are standing, almost like they're holding court. Yeah, right. And it doesn't even matter what they're saying. There's such an energy yeah, around right. them. Right. You just want to be near that because nobody wants to be near the. The soul suckers, or as Jack Canfield <laughs> from the Chicken Soup for the Soul series calls them, psychic vampires. Right. Because they rob <laughs> they you. They rob of, you. They, they like rob that you. One. That's a good one. So. Psychic vampires. Yeah. yeah. So, and true. I did quote it accurately as Jack Canfield, who first said that when I heard it. That's great. Uh, wherever he got one. it. Yeah. So. Now, yeah. what's what's the uh, the project you're working on? And I know you're working with veterans as well, but you're also mm -hmm. talking about a, a day in the life of. Yeah, of the, a musician. So yeah, the, why don't you guys explain that? Well, the pros, the actual project that we that we're talking of that we haven't spoke of the title yet <laughs> right. is it's called the day in this life. In this life, okay. And so it's a day in this life. And it's sort of like what you talk about with what you do, yeah. motivational speaking, and help people figure out you know their lives and sort out things instead of like just getting. It's like really focusing on what you do. It's a day in this life. So the shows that cover us it covers us here in the studio making music, but then it's so much more than that. It's us raising awareness. And giving back, and, um, and it's going to be all. It's going to be across the board. You know, at first we were thinking maybe we'll call it the recording co-op because mm. that's what we have here. But then we realized 
there's so much more to what we do right. in a 24-hour span that it shouldn't just be, we don't want to corner ourselves with just the recording side. Right. We want to show much more than that. So it's called The Day in This Life. And uh, so far we filmed enough for two episodes. Two episodes. And what's so cool about this is that, you know, Franz and I first started talking about, hey, let's do a documentary. Or let's just do like a segment. We'll have a film crew come in and we'll record a song and from start to finish in one day. And we're like, oh, that sounds cool. Then as we're hanging out here, we're like, man, we got to really have a camera caption all this other stuff besides just the music, but like all this other stuff that goes on. Yeah. So that's where we're like, hey, let's start a reality show. Let's let's not just make it a documentary about recording or about this or that. Let's make it about everything we're doing here with our efforts. And so from the uh, moment we met Dakota and Andreas of No Silence Media, mm-hmm. uh, we got together, had a meeting. They showed up here. There was no script. So let's see what happens. Let's nice. just let's just throw the chips in and see what happens. They showed up here, spent four days, three or four days here. Four days, yeah. Uh, in fact, Dakota or Andres slept under this console. They filmed from early a.m. till wee hours in the morning. We were up until two, three in the morning. They slept out here. They're all here like this, hit and save, backing up cameras. And Franz and I being early <laughs> risers, even if I stay up late, I still got to get up early. Right, right. I right. still my eyes pop open at a certain time. So we'd come rolling out here, and they would just be like, and they're used to sleeping in a little later, but they <laughs> jumped right up follow us around with cameras and so that's how the show started there was no script no nothing we wanted to be very real reality show yeah from the gut and from the gut. And very and real, just real what happens and uh, our intention for this first season is to is to continue that and um you know not having a script as in like you know reality shows now will be like hey that was that was a cool scene but let's do that again yeah that doesn't happen here you it's know, like tim when you open the door take yeah. three steps it, I, and, I can't stand that stuff because it's no. so formula Right, right. Yeah. and and like just in, it's this interview, you know, for good or for worse, yeah. <laughs> no scripted. You know, it's like three guys hanging around a microphone right, exactly. having a conversation. That's yeah. all you this know, show is. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, and that's what it's about. It, it's all self-produced out of our pocket. We've been, you know, we're just at the point right now where we're starting to campaign, and we're going to be looking for uh, another business partner manager to come on because mm-hmm. the response we've gotten so far in such a short amount of time is really really promising nice. and those are the moments just like i said with a song on a tv show that or or going down to nashville or someone recognizing something you do say hey you know that keeps you going that puts fire back into the stove kind of mm. per se you know one of the stories i tell most often when i'm speaking about people that may get overwhelmed by a goal yeah. you know and i'll ask people raise your hand if you've ever set a goal that scared that crap out of you the next day when you realize you'd set it out loud yeah. Right. In front of other people. I yeah. said, picture it like one of the old wooden roller coasters. The top of the hill is where you want to be. Right. You get in the car. You've got to go click, 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 click. A thousand clicks before you get to enjoy right. the ride. The ride. So wow. getting your song on a show is yeah. a click. And, yeah. and I just love the way you just explained it because it kind of solidifies what I explain to people. Yeah. Right. So, Franz, a question for you. What do you think viewers are going to be most surprised by when they see the real life of what goes on? Is it going to be the bass player running to the store for a bag of Doritos? or? I, I think it's a combination. I, I mean, we have an interesting cast of characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a diversity in age, there's a diversity in, 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 in talents, and there's a, a lot of... But I, I, I think what they're going to be surprised at is they can really relate to it. It is real. You know, you don't have to be in Hollywood to do what, you know, we're doing it here in Guilford, New Hampshire, in, yeah. in our home-built studio. So I, I, I think the ability to relate to broad base. Even Jennifer uh, Crompton, when she was in here for Chronicle, said the same thing, mm-hmm. that, that what we're doing here 
has the ability to cross a lot of boundaries, you know what I mean, and a lot of different things. And like Ryan said, a music is the main part of it, obviously, you know what I mean? Sure. But there's a, a lot more when you watch the episode that's going on, just little quirkiness of a character, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we think we express that in the first episode. To answer your question, the ability to relate. People watching this will be able to say, hey, I could be doing that. Yeah, who, who, who can relate to turning on... Um Jessica Simpson, right. waking up in the what, morning. What, what, uh, what do I got to do today? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Pilates. Yeah. And then I'm going to go out. and My car is bugging me. It's got 50 miles on yeah. it. Let's go buy a new car. <laughs> exactly. you know? mm. oh, I just hit 50 miles. You yeah. know, who can relate to that? Right. You know, all that. Yeah. what that does is it's sort of like, when I say this, you know, I really appreciate what American Idol, The Voice, and certain shows do yeah. for kids. And for not just kids, but all ages. People watch it and they're like, all right. I want to be a singer. I want to go on these shows. I want to do this. It has done a lot of good, but it also, just like the Jessica Simpson reality shows, type of shows that, that have been on, it also gives the kids and people a false sense of what it takes to become a, an artist. Yeah. Like, you don't stand in line right. to be an artist. You are, like I said with Ryan Hommel, and, you know, you have to, like, get in the front line and, 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 and battle every day and get up and, and work hard. And when people tell you no, keep going at it. And so that's the only, that's the downfall, the biggest, and um, there was another uh, producer guy that mentioned that too. He says it's yeah. giving young people a false sense of what it means to make it in the music business. Dave so Cole from Foo Fighters. Dave, Dave Cole. Yeah, but he's right. You don't, you don't stand in freaking line. No, no. He goes, we were in a garage with, pardon my friends, shitty instruments and we sucked. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he was talking about Nirvana. Yeah, but but it's dead on right, and I've it got it's so uh, true. A friend, uh, actually, she's one of my clients, a company that I speak for, and every January I do a big vision board workshop with this company, and they're nationwide, and they got people all over the place. She lives in Saratoga Springs, New York, not exactly one of the world's musical hotbeds, and she works at a, a bar restaurant, and she's a country singer, and she's about twenty three years old. Yep, she heard of an opportunity to enter a video of herself singing to possibly, if she got enough votes for herself, mm -hmm. if she hustled and got enough votes, do a duet with Keith Urban on stage. And she did. Wow. And she too. got the opportunity to get up there. He introduced her. They filmed nice. it and all That's this and great. that. So she rocked every little detail to get on that stage. She didn't just stand in line and hope to get picked. Right. She did a video. She Self sent it. She yeah. self-promoted. Yeah. And I saw a picture of her and a friend of hers this past weekend holding their tickets auditioning for America's Got Talent by taking all the work she did so far mm. and singing more not just saying hey I was on stage with Keith Urban right. I'm going to go sit in the basement she's now mm. bringing it to bigger stages she just she's done some recording time in Nashville yeah. I'm not sure what studio yep. but she is hustling and she's 23 years old okay. writing her own music and she's just rocking it. And I'm that's so cool. proud watching what she's doing. So, hey, maybe someday she'll be here. You know, that, and that's that's what we want to do, too, is find the hard workers out there, the people that really, really want to go after stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, that's what I've been doing for years. I've been the horse pulling the cart yeah. for years. Yeah. Oh, and believe me, in the speaking world, yes. I know ex I can relate to exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is, is, like, it's the musicians or the people in the cart that give the other musicians the bad name like oh they just kind of sit around and wait for things to happen yeah. there's a lot of that we've all known sure. people oh, we've yeah. all tried starting bands before in my industry same thing yeah I, it doesn't matter if you're in a band or if yep. you're in a what you're trying to start yep. you know it, it takes any more people pulling the cart than pe in the cart you know we're all entrepreneurs you know? and unfortunately some of them yeah. just want to ride the cart and that's fine a lot of people are complacent with what they like yep. but they're the first to complain oh yeah you know and you know so it's like that, you know, that, I don't know, kind of get a little off topic there, but it's like... No, nah, no worries. With, with anything, you know, it's 
Franz and I have been just we've been just kind of jumping over the cliff. What do we say? We're, we're sort of like we're Howard Hughes with no money. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I love that. Yeah. Do you talk about a guy who went for it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody told him he was crazy, crazy. with everything he did. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the plane he built. Nobody yeah. thought could ever That's fly. Right. He That's got it. behind the controls and flew the damn thing. That's right. That's awesome. Yep. I, lo I love hearing those kind of stories. Yeah. yeah. It's the crazy people. Yeah, that That's make right. the world happen. I read yeah. Success Magazine religiously, yeah. and it's full of people who had this idea yeah. that went either not against the norms, but above the norms. Yeah. And people said they were crazy, and they stuck to it, and they got up every, early every day, stayed up late yeah. every night. They made it happen, and then people tell them yeah. they're lucky. Yeah right. Like, yeah, right. Oh, you're lucky you get to do what you do. Yeah, right. You're exactly as luck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> luck is a very rare thing. Yeah, I, I call Lottery it being aware of opportunity. Luck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you're walking down the beach and either you get a metal detector or you see that little shiny thing in the sand that everybody goes, oh, it's a bottle cap or a piece of broken yeah. glass. When you're the one, and this happened on a beach in Australia, yeah. guy was with his metal detector and it starts beeping. Yeah. He digs down a little, doesn't find anything, keeps digging, keeps digging. Almost three feet down, there's a chunk of gold that was worth just under $700,000. Yeah. How many people had walked that beach? That's right. And didn't make the effort. Didn't make the effort. And he did. Yeah. It was, I think, $675,000. Yeah. And depending on which way you hold it, it looks like a horse head or a duck. Yeah. But it's monstrous, it's yeah. gold, and he is loaded now yeah. because he made the he effort. Made. That's right. That's what it takes. Have you, seen, have you seen that little cartoon? It's the two cave diggers, and they're digging mm -hmm. towards in the end. It's the diamonds. Yep. Yeah. And it says, some people tell you you can't do it. Yeah. And, and this guy... Gives up, and all he needed was one more thing with it. He would have had it. Yep. And he would have had the diamonds, and the yep. other guy up top is, is, is still going. The other guy's walking back. There's a yeah. great book which follows that principle. It's called Three Feet from Gold yeah. by a guy named Greg S. Reed. And it's a story out of, uh, I believe, inspired by something in Think and Grow Rich, which yeah. is the Bible, Bible. for personal yeah. development. Yeah. And it's exactly that story. Yeah. Somebody who hit gold, and then he couldn't find it anymore, so he stopped digging. Yeah. What he had done was cut sideways through a vein of gold. Yeah. He only had to go three more feet, and it was a fortune. Yeah. And he gave up. Wow. And some other guy came along, did a little studying, a little education, yeah. figured out figured what out. the fault lines were, and then and he went sideways and scored. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's yeah. it. So. so how can people get on board with not only the project, but to learn more about maybe how they can help out? Because I know you're always looking for either support or, like you said, possibly another person to come along with the project. Yeah, we have got a bunch of different levels, what we're doing. Basically, ultimately, we're trying to find ourselves the, what is it, what do you call it? Uh, fourth Beetle. The Fourth Beetle. We call it the Fourth Beetle. <laughs> I, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to give away where the episodes oh, no are worries. going. But we've been invited to some pretty incredible spots to film nice. right now. You know, in such a short amount of time. I mean, for us, it seems like a long time because we, we filmed in June, yeah. which is, it's not that long ago. But Yeah, it's, the, it, it's it, the overnight success thing it, that it, people yeah, right. don't quite yeah. see. Yeah. We filmed in June, but we've been thinking, you know, this is really, um, for me, It's this is 15 plus years in the making, kind yeah. of, you know, I've always been thinking about this kind of thing, just didn't know, but like, but we, yeah, since, since we just started putting out the teaser and the trailer in August, late August, mm -hmm. um, in just a couple months, we've already got an amazing amount of uh, invites to, to, to do certain filming around the country nice. to continue to grow the show. Yep. So so ultimately, we're going to have to find a person that can help us steer the ship and, and help us you know, with that. Um, we're also doing a thing where we're accepting donations on behalf of the music for a purpose. I'll let Franz yeah. tell more about that. To, to answer your question directly, they can always go to a dayinthislife.com 
and get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably the best way to, to get to us. But we do have a nonprofit uh, mm -hmm. which is called Wolfboro Institute of the Arts, which has been around for about two years. We are currently changing the name of that to Lakes Region Institute of the Arts since mm -hmm. we've you know more or less expanded. That is a nonprofit. They are acting as a fiscal sponsor for the Music for a Purpose. Uh, we have several donation packages in that where people can actually make a tax-deductible donation, mm -hmm. but it will eventually come in as music for a purpose portion of our show. That's one way that they can do it. Another way can, they can do it is they can go to our YouTube site uh, on a day in this life, and they can subscribe to the channel. Mm -hmm. They can like our page because that's how we eventually will make revenue with this thing by developing it ourselves. So yeah. th those are the things they can do. And if, you know, contact us directly and share it, share it and share it and share it. That's the way we start getting momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Use every bit of technology available now because social media is oh. an amazing place. Amazing. Where the, you know, in the back in the day, you guys would have been throwing all your equipment in a station wagon That's and driving exactly around the right. country. And, and also, <laughs> if, if they go if they go to the site, uh, we're looking for good stories. And there's a form they can submit. Oh yeah. Okay. If any of your listeners know somebody, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. that might be having a life struggle, that, that has a musical desire. Uh, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the good story. You know what I mean? Because yes. we, because that's every it. episode will will be focused some portion of this. So we have we already have we're working with one gentleman now, uh, but, and we have a couple of others that we're reviewing. But so yeah, have your listeners send in the story. Just go to our site and fill out the form if they know a good yep. story. We want to find people that have life struggles, talented, driven individuals that have life struggles that are just ultimately preventing them from being able to follow their dream. Yep. That's what we're looking for. You know, when we find that those kind of people are this guy, Alan Benoit, who's on episode one. What's so awesome about Alan is a lot of things. But, like, you know, one thing I notice in Franz, we notice is that he's lost his sight from diabetes. He's legally blind. You hang out with Alan, he'll have you laughing. He's got, you know, the glass is, is definitely full for him. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And even though he's had such a hard, hard road. Time. And those are the people, to me, that really inspire me and stand the hair up on my arms and, yeah. and, and, and make, make us all realize that... Uh, just when you think you got it bad, or if you have it bad, you can always turn that around. It's how you look at it. Mm -hmm. And there's, like you said, there's enough of the, what is the, what is that? i got to remember. It's the... Um, oh, the psychic vampires? The psychic, there's enough yeah. psychic yeah. vampires Plenty of those. out there. Oh, there are. There's, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those out there. And even when we're, you know, talking to different people about what you're doing, you know, the psychic vampires, like, coming up as an artist, a singer, songwriter, whatever, and you start talking to somebody, and they're, like, sitting there, and you could be in a diner, elbow to elbow with somebody, like, oh, so what do you do, son? Oh, I play music. So what's your fallback plan? What else do you do? Yeah. It's like, you still live at home? You know, it's just like that, that, that mentality, that's a tough one, you know? I mean, it's, yeah, and, that's right. You know, that's... But like myself, you guys are going to be sitting on your front porch when you're 90, covered in scars with the biggest smile in the world because you went for it. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. You did. Yeah. I, and people yeah. will say you're lucky. Well, hey, if you're going to come up and complain and tell me you can't do it and all the reasons why you won't, get off my lawn. No, it's true. It's, it's just it's to true. hang out, wait for the ice cream truck to go by, and get off my rocking chair and go get a right. bomb pop or something. <laughs> Life tastes great, man, if you go if you just go for it. Yeah. And I'm closer to that rocking chair than you. But like they say, it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. Yeah. And there's so much truth in that. Because if you're smart, you'll learn. There's no such thing as failure. There's a lot of hard learning experiences, yep. but they're not failures. Yep. It's nice to see people out there doing what you're doing, too, as well, like... Everything from the motivational side to the just—it's yeah. your energy. This. You got good energy. Yeah. I love yeah. this. You know, I—I I can't imagine. 
I'm, I'm going to be 48 years old soon, and this is the happiest version of me that has ever lived. That's good. Honestly. And I say that every single day. That's good. That's a good attitude. And uh, why don't you give the web address one more time? Either one of you, yep. go right ahead, fire away, and we'll wrap it up. A dayinthislife.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Franz. Thank you, Ryan. It's Thank been you. a pleasure having you as part of the radio show. Thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to include Steve at your next event or to learn more about his personal development programs, please visit stevegamlin.com.